Matt Wright, and Spike Cohen. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, we are so sorry about the uh, technical issues at the beginning of this episode. Uh, our deepest condolences and apologies. Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. We're, we, we, are, we, we are, in fact, live, and it works. Um, sorry about that. I don't know why it automatically reset to the larger uh, output, which my computer cannot handle. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, sorry to sorry to everybody who couldn't hear Spike right there, but he basically just said, "Go share it everywhere." Um, can they not hear me? They can't. They can now. Okay, good. Good. They can now. Share. Everyone, share and hit the bell. Right on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Everyone, share and hit the bell on YouTube. Um, man, people are. Not really. Okay. Well, I'll turn him up all the way. Um, I want to hear. I want them to hear. Yeah. Share and hit the share bell. and hit the bell. We love you. Uh, Waters Media. First and foremost, allow me to thank the wonderful and fine people at Oddly Enough Muddy Water Cava for the cava that I'm drinking today. And allow me to thank the wonderful people at American Airlines for giving me this comically large bottle of water. Uh, this is what happens when you get upgraded to first. They don't just give you like a mini bottle. They give you this gigantic, what it's a liter. They give you a liter of water. So thank you for that. Ulovanaka. So I know, I know, I know, Alabama, in beautiful Montgomery, Alabama. I was in Ohio this weekend, then I flew to Alabama, where we did the uh, rally against corruption with uh, Jonathan Reels who is running for uh, the 2nd Congressional District in Alabama for the U.S. Congress, and Portia Shepard, who is running for the 72nd uh, Alabama House District, um, and then also uh, Vermin Supreme actually came as well. So it was, it was great hanging out with them and talking with uh, voters and people there at the, uh, the campus there at Montgomery. Um, so that was really good. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I do have to give some bad news and uh, pay some condolences and respect to someone who was a big fan of, of me and of, and of Matt of the show. Um, John Hicks, a, uh, a libertarian who lived in Ohio, um, he, uh, he passed away earlier today. And uh, he was a, a big fan and uh, a big supporter, and he will be greatly missed. And uh, we, uh, we wish him well. He, he, he fought a very long and um, admirable battle with cancer. And uh, unfortunately, or I guess fortunately for him, he is 
he is uh, no longer suffering from that, but he will definitely be missed. Yes. Yes, he will definitely be missed. Um, uh, they're saying you're still difficult to hear. I, I, you, you are peaking on my side. I have no idea why they can't hear you. Okay. That, I don't even know where the, so I'm using a Bluetooth. I, I've lost my Bluetooth on the plane and I don't even know where the speaker is in this thing. So I don't even know what to talk into more loudly. Yeah. That's not it. Yeah. I don't know where it is on that. Um, for for more sad and upsetting news, this is actually also a massive echo. Fucking great. Yay. Um, Yay. Huh. All right. Interesting. Um... Spike is quite a bit fuzzy, but if you turn it up, it's fine. Uh, all right. This isn't the mic, according to Kenneth Ebel. All right. Is it is it doable? Can 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 we go through it? <laughs> I can understand, though. It's just driving the audio captioning crazy. Okay. That's good enough for me. Um, all right. So, uh, so some more bad news. Uh, one of the regular followers, watchers, fans of the show and a friend of ours, um, her son is having some medical issues. Uh, he, unfortunately he's, he's, God, he's what? Six months. Yeah. If, just a few months. Old. Yeah. Just a few months old. Yeah. And, uh, the other day he started having seizures and he has been in the hospital ever since this started. Um, and she is trying to raise money in order to uh, make sure that she can go to work or she doesn't need to be at work and she can afford to live while she is spending time at the hospital trying to revive or trying to make sure her son survives. Um, so we at Muddied Waters are going to put up her cash app. Uh, so if anybody wants to help Eli's son. Uh, the cash app is up here. It's right in the middle. It's the QR code. And you can use that code to donate to her. And anything that you give will be greatly welcomed. And I am certain she will be more than thankful for. Um, it, it's it's tragic at that age. And we are hoping that her son pulls through. So... Uh, if, if you want to donate, if you find it in the goodness of your heart to donate, um, that's the cash app. Just donate there. That's going to be up for the entire show. Other side. Yep. Uh, so God, this is not going to be a fun episode to do either. This is not going to be a, uh, uplifting episode. So let's, um, start off with, uh, thanking people. Uh, first and foremost, let me thank the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing and now the second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party. If you want to become a member of the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, all you have to do is go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store and get yourself a button. Pick, pick up a little button. If you want to become a voting member, get a shirt. Get a yeah. shirt. 
Um, the Gravy King. Gravy King. Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Uh, Fierce Luxury by Ashley is a high-end consignment uh, handbag shop uh, that carries the highest known, most well-known brands like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Hermes. Hermes. And if you want to co-sign, consign with them, uh, it is uh, only a 30% consign fee, which is 20% less than the other guys. Uh, go to fierceluxurybyashley.com or join the elite and exclusive Facebook group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. The Hermes of Facebook. The Hermes of Facebook groups. Episode uh, is by the Royal Green, Jack Casey. He's written some books. Don't know what they're about. Probably will never find out. Never, never. No. Uh, he apparently has a third book. It's coming out. Don't know when. He keeps making promises. Summer's almost over, so I think that soon we're going to need a new uh, graphic that says fall of 2021. Um, yep. and, uh, if you want to find out more about when that book isn't coming out, go to the Royal com. <laughs> Cumberland cannabis co the viable, ethical, and effective cannabis, uh, that great sweet Delta eight straight out of Tennessee. Now, Tennessee perfected whiskey for anybody who doesn't know, Tennessee is the crown gold of whiskey in this world so one can only imagine that they have figured out how to do cannabis correctly um if you want to pick up if you want to get high go to cumberlandcannabisco.com for that sweet sweet delta eight adder pan which is apparently a very terrifying game that you can get on steam if you have a pc um low price of five dollars and the counseling you will need for the rest of your life you can you can also get i don't know why any this is i don't i don't know yep the the absolutely terrifying game of adderpan uh that you can get for the price of a cup of coffee from starbucks Skip Starbucks tomorrow, get Adderpan, you'll get all of the updates in the packages, and then you can uh, pay for therapy, which is going to cost more than a cup of coffee from Starbucks. Yes. Thomas Queter is rolling for state senate. He is rolling for state senate, but still he manages to run better than Albany. Um, if you want to support Thomas Queter on his quest to sit in his chair in the Capitol in Albany, New York, go to TomFor52.com. And if you go to TomFor52.com slash FTG, you can enter the meme contest, and I think there's merch there. Um, Spike, anything on Tom? He's rolling for off. He's rolling for off. Tom, Tom is an incredible guy. Uh, he has more energy than most people I've met. Um, he is incredibly, he's an incredible character, very, very honest and trustworthy, very, very principled, um, uh, has a great heart for other people, uh, and wants to see people do better. And, um, and his life has been a testimony to, uh, what someone who has an indefatigable spirit and just refuses to give up, uh, what someone like that can accomplish. And he's just getting started. Uh, I fully endorse the 
Sean and him as a person. And uh, go to Tomfor52.com, T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. And Joe Soloski. Joe Soloski is running for Pennsylvania governor. If you want to help, if you live in the Pennsylvania region of these United States and want to help Joe Soloski make Pennsylvania mightier than the sword of corrupt governments, vote for Joe Soloski. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. Make Pennsylvania mightier than the sword of corrupt governments. Corrupt government. That is corrupt government. I love it. Right. I love it. Joe Solosky, another incredible guy. J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I. Dot com. That's right. Uh, so how's your week going? Uh, it's been good. I mean, I was in Ohio this weekend for the uh, Libertarian Party of Ohio 2021 conference. Uh, did an event on Sunday for the uh, Accountability Now Ohio. Um, working on ending qualified immunity in Ohio. Uh, it had a really great event, lots of uh, vendors, lots of families that came out. Um, and then today did the rally against corruption, big turnout there. Uh, really good, just uh, around, just setting around the country, helping spread liberty, and uh, and I get to go home tomorrow. Uh, I was going to be going to, uh, I was going to be going somewhere this weekend, uh, unfortunately for, uh, I think, logistical reasons, they weren't able to make that work. Uh, so that means that I get a weekend off. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. But then the following weekend, I'm going to be in uh, Florida, in the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, for uh, to help campaign for Mike Tremont, who is running for Congress in Florida, uh, and also for Marco Bueno, who is running for um, the uh, city commission uh, in Miami. She's running for the Miami city commission. And uh, so we're going to have some fun down there. I might also be doing some stuff at the uh, the Maj Teray. Um, there's a, a Maj Teray event, the Solutionary Summit. So I may be there. We shall see. Uh, stay tuned for that. Nice. Nice. Um, very cool. I watched uh, a movie with Hugh Jackman in it called Reminiscence. Reminiscence? Yeah, it just came out. Um, and that's basically all I have to say about that. The story's good. The visuals are good. The script is terrible. So, you know. Um, Yeah, so the story's really good, but the dialogue is so bad. Oh, no. Yeah, the dialogue is so bad and forced. The woman who wrote and directed it uh, is one of the creators of Westworld. And she wrote it very TV episodic like, and it doesn't work for a movie. It it is not. It's not great. Like, if they would have had somebody work the dialogue, that movie would have been so good. But it just, it just wasn't. It was it was a miss, and it's upsetting because it could have been great. You are pretty. I want to. I want to have the sex with you, Jessica. Oh, Steve, I too have considered that. Yes, it's was it that? Bad? It's similar. Wow. It, okay. It's very for, like uh, Thandi Newton is in it, and there are some scenes between um, her and Hugh Jackman, and it, the 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 dialogue is so forced on how they're trying to build her up for um, 
I guess like she left her daughter or something. Um, and they're trying to like display that and she's callous to this and he's like hammering her on it. And it's just this very angry forced dialogue between them. And it just didn't seem realistic at all. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you want to watch it, it's on HBO and, uh, in theaters and, uh, let me know if you think I'm wrong and then I'll tell you why I'm not. And he will. I will. Happily. Happily. And now that brings us to... I'm used to you having to say all of this stupid stuff. Oh, the mud water, mushroom coffee replacement, coffee replacement, mushroom coffee replacement, cacao rapid fire segment brought to you by Mudwater, the most appropriately named uh, sponsor that Muddy Waters Media will ever have, except for, I guess, Muddy Water Kava. I guess it can't be that. Uh, but Mud Water is a coffee alternative, which is uh, made from masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that's it. If you'd like to have all those things together, if that sounds delicious to you, then good for you. Go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud and you can pick up some today. Yes. What Spike said. Now, getting getting right into it, uh, yeah. four or five days ago, President Biden. Go. What's that? That was four days ago. Five days. Four ago. days ago. Five days ago. President Biden appeared on Good Morning America, discussed the situation in Afghanistan with George Stephanopoulos, and it can basically be summed up with this. But we've all we've seen all the pictures, pictures of those hundreds, hundreds of people, of people packed, packed into a C-17 scene, Afghan Afghanistan, four, four, four days ago, five days, five days ago. ago. What did you, what did you think when you first, first saw those pictures? pictures? That's incredible. That's incredible. That's the, I appreciate that we have a president that is caring and knows how to speak to the American people when times are, when we're down and things are sad and bad things are happening. And finally, after four years of a often uh, adolescent acting child man of a president who clearly didn't care much about other people, we finally have another one. Like that's literally... Like, that would be like you're trying to you, you, you're, ask your toddler, did you do this? That was four days that ago. That was four days ago. Like that. I had a, so, Maybe. I used, I, back when I was still drinking, um, I had this buddy that was a bartender, and he would, he had this phrase um, that he said often, and you could bring up something he said an hour ago, or two, or yesterday, or a week ago, and if it defeated his argument that he had right now, he would always say, why you gotta bring up old shit? Didn't matter how long. It could have been 10 minutes. It didn't matter. Why you got to bring up old shit? When Joe Biden said that. Okay, I think I fixed the echo. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We can't hear it, but you can. Afghans That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? Five days ago. Five days ago. When he said that, I immediately thought of him, and I went, why you got to bring up old shit? But... That's funny. I hope next time something like this happens, that's what he'll yeah, say. Yeah, just why you gotta like, bring why you gotta bring up look. Yeah. Hey, come on. Why, hey man. Why 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 you gotta bring up old shit? 
incredible. <laughs> um, neat. Sounds better now. That's great because that means we can't hear it. Um, but ABC also edited that video, just so everybody knows, and you did not get the whole video. No, this is not yep. a joke. If you go and you find the full transcript of that video, you will find segments that are missing. Uh, I can't show you all of them. We can't play all of them because there's no video of it. But uh, we are going to act out part of it. Um, Spike will be taking the part of George Stephanopoulos, and I will be taking the part of Joe Biden. Luckily, when I mess this up, nobody's going to know the difference anyway. So, yeah, and, and you're not going to see my face during this because I, I'm on my phone and I have to go over to where I have this dialogue saved, but I'm still here. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I'll, I'll start. I'm, I am being playing the actual role of George Stephanopoulos. You talked about our adversaries, China and Russia. You already see China telling Taiwan, see, you can't count on the Americans. <laughs> Why wouldn't China say that? Look, George, the idea that there's a fundamental difference between, between Taiwan, South Korea, NATO. We are all in a situation where, where they are in entities we've made agreements with based on a based on not a civil war they're having on that island or in South Korea, but on an agreement where they have a unity government that, in fact, is trying to keep bad guys from doing bad things to them. We have made, kept every commitment. <laughs> nope. Uh, sorry. Broke. We made a sacred commitment to Article 5 that if, in fact, anyone were to invade or take action against our NATO allies, we would respond. Same with Japan. Same with South Korea. Same with Taiwan. It's not even comparable to talk about that. Yeah, but... It's not comparable to... to... Look, America cannot be trusted now. America does not keep its promises. Who... Who say, who, who's going to say that? Look, before I made this decision, I met with all our allies, our NATO allies in Europe. They agreed. They, we, we should be getting out. They have a choice. Sure, they had a choice. Look, look, the one thing I promise you in private he said on public television, NATO allies are not quiet. You remember from your old days they're not going to be quiet. And so, by the way, you know, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be putting together a group of the G7, the folks that we work with the most. To I was on the phone with, with Angela Merkel today. I was on the phone with the British Prime Minister. I'm going to be talking to Macron in France to make sure we have a coherent view of how we're going to deal with this from point, a, point on. Now... I'm going to refer back to the top of that interview where Stephanopoulos or Spikes said, you talked about our adversaries, China and Russia. You already see China telling Taiwan, see, you can't count on the Americans. To which Biden responded with, why wouldn't China say that? And then if you just go a few down uh, and Stephanopoulos says, who say, look, America cannot be trusted now. America does not keep his promises. Biden says, who's going to say that? Literally, China, from two sentences ago. 
literally. This is this is the beauty of getting caught up in neocon foreign policy. I, I will give credit to Joe Biden that he literally is apparently was willing to take this massive lump of finally being the one to pull the Band-Aid off. Because, yeah, no, it's going to mean that all these countries who have created these codependencies with us uh, are going to start re rethinking them. Good. No, that's good. But that's what Joe Biden should be saying. If I were Joe Biden, uh, then, well, first of all, I'd apologize to a lot of women. But if I were, a, then if I, if I were Joe Biden, you know, if I suddenly were Joe Biden now, um, and they're asking me this stuff, I would say, well, you know what? This is the problem with this kind of foreign policy is that it's, it's now, you know, American taxpayers and American troops and, and veterans are on the hook for the concern of dozens of countries. And it doesn't actually advance us, and it doesn't make us any safer. And it, frankly, it doesn't really make those countries any safer either because they've, they've placed their, their, uh, their hopes and dreams and their, their concern and safety in, the, in, 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 a, in a paper tiger you know, a, a, an empire that, you know, isn't really able to do what it claims to do. Um, so, you know, that needs to be said, but he's not going to say that because he's still part of the, the you know, the, the, the greater neoconservative, neoliberal um, uh, imperial foreign policy. So he can't say that. So he has to sit there and say stuff like, well, of course China would say that. Who would ever say that? Right. China, yeah, why wouldn't they say that? Who would say that? Not China. No, China wouldn't say that. I know I said that. Why wouldn't they? But no, they wouldn't say that. Um, that was four seconds. Five seconds. That, <laughs> that was four five seconds ago. Come on, man. Come on. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Corn Pop was a bad dude. He ran with a bunch of bad boys. Um, but that's not all that Biden did this week. Um, he has instituted new sanctions on Russia, which oddly enough, don't seem to be sanctions on Russia. They seem to be sanctions on gun owners in America. Latest sanctions are expected to take place on or about September 7th, 2021, which, oddly enough, will be my seven-year uh, sober anniversary, and will remain in place for a minimum of 12 months. After 12 months, the executive branch can remove the sanctions if Russia meets certain obligations under the uh, CBW Act. Now, restrictions on the permanent imports of certain Russian firearms, new and pending permit applications for the permanent importation of firearms and ammunition manufactured or located in Russia will be subject to a policy of denial. Additional Department of Commerce export restrictions on nuclear and missile-related goods and technology pursuant to the Export Control Reform Act of 2018. Now, I was speaking with a friend of mine who was, who's, I guess you can call him an international arms dealer. Uh, most w Russian weapons are banned already. Yep. So this is 100% to stop the importation of Russian ammo into the United States. Yep, 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 yep. This is all about that. By the way, do you know uh, who is very happy about this? All those uh, gun and ammo companies 
that give big money to the NRA. You know who is not going to fight against this blatant infringement on your right to keep and bear arms and your right to freely trade? The NRA. The NRA. Yeah. Because the NRA is not a rights group. They are a gun manufacturer and peace uh, union lobby. Yep. So brands like Wolf Ammunition, I may mispronounce this one, Toll Ammo Barnowl, Tolomo Barnowl, that's what I'm going with, and Red Army Standard by Century Arms will be affected, as will the cost of ammunition in these United States. Currently, Mm -hmm. we are having one of the all-time ammo shortages in one of the history's biggest uh, ammo shortages. It's the biggest one since World War II. Roughly 50% of the ammunition that we get into these United States comes from Russia. And they just cut it off starting September 7th. Yep. Um, That is going to greatly affect the cost of ammo. And he's going to... They're going to, when a year comes up after this 12 months, they aren't going to change their policy. They're going to say Russia still needs this. Russia still needs this. Um, What's going to uh, happen is this is going to greatly speed up 3D printed uh, ammunition and and, and non-approved ammunition manufacturing. Uh, In fact, you probably don't need the 3D print ammunition. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, blast cap, um, the uh, gunpowder, and, uh, and and brass uh, and lead can do it. Um, you're going to see a lot more black market ammunition, which is not going to be quite as safe because it's not manufactured under the same standards as it would be in a in a professional in a in a commercial factory, industrial factory. But it's going to happen, and uh, and then they're going to start uh, coming down on blast caps and on uh, and on. Uh, 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 gunpowder right. as well, and possibly on breath and, and lead as well. Um, so the reason that they're doing this is because uh, Russia allegedly, possibly, used a chemical weapon to try to murder somebody. Who, allegedly. Who was Russian. But because they yeah. used a chemical weapon, that is why they were like, we're going to put on these new sanctions. Now, if Joe Biden actually wanted to hurt Russia... Uh, he would have imposed sanctions to stop the completion of the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline connecting Russia's natural gas supply to the European market. And right now, Russian ships aren't allowed to do it, but Joe Biden is uh, allowing for German ships to do it as part of a treaty deal that they have with Germany. He could have taken that away, which would have hurt Russia. Russia's not going to not sell this ammo. I think I know who they're going to sell it to. They're currently taking up Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. It, it this is absolute nonsense. Uh, it is. It is literally. It, it has. It is the most flimsy of pretext. They allegedly did this thing with a chemical weapon. Therefore, we're going to cut off their ability to sell you gun ammo. That that this is all about making ammunition at least double, twice as expensive, and uh, just in time to implement a bunch of dracon- new draconian measures against the American people. That's that's literally what this is about. Right, one hundred percent. All this is about is about 
trying to make sure that um, that the gun owners here cannot purchase as much ammo or at least have to pay out the nose in order to get it. Uh, he can't ban guns, but he can make ammo real expensive. Uh, Which then just bans guns for the poor. Right. Yeah, because the rich are still going to be able to go out and get ammo. Yep. Um, so on to a different awful government, Australia. Now, we've all seen the uptick in protests and all the stuff that's going on in Australia. Um, Spike, you had a tweet and a Facebook post the other day where if 1% do you remember how that goes? I don't have the thing on me. Yeah, so I, I basically, I showed a video of a protest that had just happened in Melbourne, Australia, where uh, they had blockades up because basically what's happening is the government, uh, because uh, I think seven people have died of COVID. Um, and, and, and in some of these places, there has been zero new cases of COVID. They are uh, not allowing people to go outside they're not allowing people to do anything. They're literally locking them down uh, in ways that we never really even saw here. And they have next to no cases. And they already know that the lockdowns are doing nothing at this point. But they're moving forward even further with it. They're also implementing vaccine passports to be able to go anywhere and, and, and all that. Even though their rate of vaccination is very, very low because of lack of access to vaccines. So they're basically telling a small uh, well-heeled minority that they're allowed to go outside, but no one else is. Um, and uh, it's interesting because every time they'll put it out, they'll say, we are doing this to protect the public health, including our vulnerable Aboriginal population. Like every time they put it out, they mention the Aboriginals, as though that's the reason they're doing it, is to protect the Aboriginals. Right. Anyway, so uh, they put this out, and uh, and people are protesting. And so the police set up a blockade to stop them, and they busted through the barricade and took to the streets, and um, that's happening over and over and over again. And the tweet I put out was just a gentle reminder that may or may not have had anything to do with what was in that video, just reminding people that government power isn't real. Government enforcers and politicians and bureaucrats, really the whole system, make up less than 1% of any given population. If even 5% of the population just says, no, I'm not going to comply I'm going to do what I want, then it becomes effectively impossible and hopeless for that government to be able to enforce it. They can ram people up, they can arrest them, but there's still going to be, for every person they can arrest, five or six, five to ten more are going to go and just do it anyway. And there's just nothing they can do about that, short of rounding people up and, and killing them en masse, which we're not there, it's not met, not yet. Um, and even then, if they try rounding people up en masse, they can simply be outnumbered. If as much as 10 or 15 or 20% of the population uh, refuses to comply and vocally and actively so says, I simply will not comply with it, then it becomes, they don't even try to enforce it. They just start saying, oh, this is bad, you can't do it. But they don't actually try to enforce it anymore because there's no effective way to stop them. So, and even if, even if the majority of the population agrees with this order and thinks it's the right thing, unless they themselves are willing to get froggy and start jumping and come out and try to force people to do it themselves, which they 100% are not, they are cowards and they are 
hiding behind the proxy violence of the state to push their their desire for what you need to do, um, unless they're willing to come out, which they are not, effectively that enforcement order goes away. And in order to preserve their the uh, facade, the sham of the idea of government power, the government suddenly decides, well, you know what, actually, we probably shouldn't do this. Because what they don't want to do is have to admit, yeah, we have real no real power over you, we can't stop you. Um, because then everything, their entire system that they built falls apart uh, to, our, to our benefit. So what they will do instead is say, well, actually, we've been thinking about it. And uh, yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, it's not going to happen anymore. You'll remember um, the U.S. government was working on vaccine passports. They were being very clear that they were already working on the, the uh, infrastructure and the guidelines for uh, nationwide vaccine passports. When they got the public backlash from that, they immediately dropped that. Now, we're seeing certain cities and, and locales in, introduce it. We are seeing countries, other countries' governments doing it. But just the backlash they got from across the board uh, was enough for them to back off. We need to regain our rebellious spirit and fight tooth and nail. We need to be willing to say, no, I'm not going to do this. And if enough of us do that and then demonstrate that we're not going to, Remember the mask mandates when more and more people just started saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And eventually it reached a point where it was un impossible to effectively enforce it. And you started seeing city after city, state after state, just remove the mask mandate. You know, weeks after it was obvious they weren't really uh, enforcing it at all. And even some of the cities that have reintroduced it aren't even trying to enforce it because it's mostly just signaling that they're doing something when they know that the reality is most people are just ignoring it. That's what we want. If government is not going to respect our our rights, at the very least, they need to recognize and respect the fact that we're just not going to this. And if you needed more of a reason to distrust government, and I know this is Australia, but don't think that somewhere here in America the same thing couldn't happen. Easily. <laughs> Yeah, easily. Uh, and some people in the comments have already mentioned this, but Australian authorities have shot dead rescue dogs due to COVID restrictions. They shot them to stop volunteers at an animal shelter from traveling to pick them up. Yep, yep. And keep in mind, the volunteers have already had COVID safe collection protocols in place for something like a year now. They know how to be able to do this and do the transfers with zero spread of COVID. These things are being done in shelter facilities, which are mostly outdoors. There was 100% no reason to do this. And the this local government in New South Wales just ordered them all shot. What, what's with government shooting dogs? First of all, like what is that obsession right. that government and fortress have with shooting dogs? Um, it's absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous. Oh. Oh, and uh, guess how many uh, new COVID cases uh, there have been in this in this region of New South Wales in the past month? Yeah. Um, sixty-five. None. Wow. <laughs> I was go I thought I was going low. No, there have been zero cases of COVID in like a month. None. There is there is no COVID there. 
like I know, so I know Australia is seeing like they are seeing a spike right now, even like, but they have the lockdown, so obviously that that doesn't matter. Um, like, and you can look at this all across the United States. You can look at it in other countries, except for Sweden, because they basically haven't had any restrictions and their numbers are way down. Weird, um, but basically anywhere that you look in the United States, it's following the exact same path. Uh, it's it's going up and down. It doesn't matter if you have lockdowns. It doesn't matter if you have mask mandates. It doesn't matter if your kids are wearing masks in school or not. The, pe- the people who are living life normally are seeing the exact same path and numbers, like per capita, every million people in your area. It's the exact same path that everywhere else is having. That isn't something you can stop with masks that are 10 to 12% effective and having lockdowns. And that was, by, the, by the way, that was 10 to 12% effective with the, with the original variant and the alpha variant. The Delta variant, which, which we're told spreads as easily as chicken pox, that mask is not doing a damn Mm-mm. thing for you. If this thing truly spreads faster than the cold does and more similar to chicken pox, you cannot stop it if you're going to get it. You're not, it, it, it might as well be airborne at this point. You're either going to get it or you're not going to get it. And that mask isn't going to do a damn thing. And unlike chicken pox, the vaccine for chicken pox isn't what they call a leaky vaccine. It is uh, what they call a complete or perfect vaccine, which means that it actually stops you from getting or spreading chicken pox. Whereas we know that the COVID vaccine, especially with the Delta variant, does not stop you from getting or spreading COVID, which means it doesn't matter how many people are vaccinated, it's still going to spread. It's still going to spread, and there's nothing you can do about it. Let people return to their lives. If people uh, have a fear of getting sick from it, then they should get vaccinated because it looks like, statistically, it looks like you're less likely to um, to die or have a serious, uh, serious case of COVID from it. That's great. So that's the case that you have. If you are in a situation that you are uh, unable to get the vaccine and you are still scared of, of getting it, worried that it's going to make you very sick, well, then you yourself can engage in, uh, you know, lockdowns of yourself and quarantining of yourself and, you know, uh, safe measures, which will be much easier for you to do if other people are able to go out and do the things you need them to do on your behalf. These lockdowns are stupid. They were stupid last year. They are stupid this year. And we must resist it's just as simple as that you know far be it from me to tell you on a live stream to break the law i certainly it's a personal choice for you to make and i'm certainly not going to break the law i'm going to tell you from a philosophical and ethical standpoint the sponsors are going to keep telling you what to do and their orders are going to get worse and worse and worse until a sizable minority of us and when i say sizable i mean five to even ten percent of the population just says no and goes back to our lives and doesn't care what they do. And the CDC just said, just released that the vaccine efficacy is 66% now. 66%. That is what they are trying to mandate across the country. 66% efficacy. And the CEO of Pfizer came out today or yesterday and said that soon there is going to be a COVID variant that will be resistant to vaccines. Yep. 
Can anybody out there guess why? Because it's spreading more because people who are, have COVID and aren't getting sick from it because they're vaccinated are spreading it more. And if you think I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist, go look up Merrick's disease. M-A-R-E-K-S. It is a virus that is spread very easily amongst chickens and other poultry. And uh, in most countries, when they find an outbreak of Merrick's disease, they kill all the chickens. But in the U.S., they vaccinate them for Merrick. And guess what? It keeps spreading. It keeps mutating. And the reason it's spreading and mutating is because an unvaccinated chicken with Merrick's disease dies within 10 days. A vaccinated chicken with Merrick's disease lives for several weeks, might even survive the thing. And so they're able to spread it to way more chickens. And they're able to have more mutations, which eventually kill the chickens. And so they're playing this arms race game with this very, with these increasing mutations of Merrick, which is becoming more resistant, more uh, 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 virulent, more easy to spread, uh, and more contagious, and in, in some cases more deadly as well. And their fear is that any day now it's going to break the human barrier and start spreading to humans. Because instead of other countries, which just kill all the chickens that have it, they vaccinate them. Because it turns out that leaky vaccines actually lead to the mutation of a virus. And the thing, and by the way, it's a good thing I'm saying this instead of writing it. Because if I type that right now, almost assuredly, this page would get blocked for misinformation. I am telling there's you a, right there now. There is a relatively good saying, chance we get blocked from YouTube for misinformation for this one. Fine. Wonderful. Guess what? By the end of the year, they're going to have to admit it. Right. They will. And did, so somebody said this in the comments and I saw this today. I did not get a chance to look into it. Um, Kamala Harris said that Americans should be looking into ordering Christmas gifts now. Is that because they're thinking about doing more lockdowns or is that because the economy is going to crash? before Christmas. I mean, take your pick. Yeah. I mean, uh, either really, like I honestly don't know which one it's going to be. You got to cash in on those 16 cent savings, right? No, I, I honestly, I mean, if you, and if you ask her, she'll just tackle in your face. Um, I really don't know. I mean, who, who knows? But I, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I mean, I am not anti-vaccine. I am against putting something out and calling it a vaccine when by the CDC's own definition, it is not one. And if people want to take it, take it. It will probably keep you safe, at least for now. But what it's also doing, and this is my personal opinion based on the research that I've done, and uh, I'm going to be finding a very subtle way to be putting this stuff out on social media using like PubMed documents and National Institutes of Health documents and not even giving my opinion literally just sharing screenshots and saying hey look at look i think um they've been worried about leaky vaccines for a while for many years they've been worried that some of these vaccines that don't actually stop or slow the spread of a virus um but just make you not get sick from it actually lead to it becoming mutating faster yep. because it's spreading faster and- uh, because people who aren't sick uh end up going around and spreading it and that that actually leads to faster and more mutations, and that the nature of a virus is if something doesn't kill it, it learns from it and becomes stronger and more resistant to whatever almost killed it. Yep. So 
that we're creating superbugs. And again, this is going to be one of those things that they're going to be very, 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 very slow to admit. Uh, but eventually they will have to admit it. And the pivot will be that you have to stay inside. Vaccinated, unvaccinated, you have to stay inside. And if you think the lockdowns that we had last year were bad, look at what they did in China, where they were literally stealing people in their homes and didn't care if they died. Look at what they're doing right now in Australia, a country that, according to many measures, is freer than the U.S. Look at what they are doing in developed Western countries with similar forms of government to ours. And if you don't think that's coming, remember when you said that last year. Remember when you said, oh, they'd never do that here. It's coming. Do you resist or do you go, well, hopefully if we comply, it'll be over sooner. Is that what happens? No. What happens is the more you comply, the more they do. Right. And just so like, just so everybody's clear, and I'm certain anybody watching this show already has an understanding of this. Um, one, staying inside is the worst thing you can do for COVID. Worst thing you can do. Yeah. Um, you want to be out in the sun getting as much vitamin D as you possibly can, getting that all natural vitamin D. Um, take, take that D. Uh, take that D deep and uh, get it straight from the sun. Um, but, but like that, honestly, that is one of the best things that you can do. Um, yeah, totally forgot. Also, not not stressing yourself out about it. The things right. that contribute the most to a immune system, and I, this is I say this is someone. I mean, I've been dealing with MS for uh, seven years now, and uh, actually just over seven years now. And I've done a lot of research on what gets your immune system acting wonky. And there are many genetic factors. There are many factors like you know um, uh, previous or current drug use and, and other diseases and comorbidities. But the stuff that you can control. Uh, your vitamin D levels, your overall supplementation levels, your health. Do you know what has a much higher rate of death of COVID than being unvaccinated? Obesity. Obesity. So getting in better shape will actually be, and again, CDC data, I, an obese person who becomes not obese is doing more to reduce their chances of ending up in the hospital with COVID and for that matter, everything else on earth than someone who gets vaccinated. And we know what the side effects of not being obese are. Lower blood pressure, lower heart rate, lower cholesterol, lower rate of diabetes and, and other uh, chronic illnesses, um, uh, lower rates of neuropathy and, and, and other neurological issues, uh, longer lifespan, like all the side effects we'd like. Um, getting outside, being active, being around people you love, because here's another big one, high stress level. The higher your stress level is, the worse your immune system regulates and functions. So we have to return to our lives. We have, we have to, to return reclaim to our lives. lives. We have to reclaim our lives. And if you want to talk about building back better, this is the time. It, it, we should all be doing it. Something I learned a few years ago was, when I learned that I was going to have to deal with this illness, illness for the rest of my life. Let me, let me take a step back. We're going to be dealing with COVID for the rest of our lives. Let's just all just take that in for now. It's not going away. They don't have a vaccine that stops people from getting and spreading it. There is community spread all over the country. Lockdowns don't work. All of their boogeyman stay-at-home measures don't work. 
it's not going away. It's going to be like the seasonal flu, except it's about anywhere from five to ten times more deadly than the flu. It's just baked into the cake at this moment. It's not going away. Now, let's just all accept that for a moment. Five years ago, when I finally got the diagnosis and confirmation that I had MS, and that it was not going away, it was not a transitory thing, it was not a single attack that I had, it was a life-changing reality. I had to cope with that fact and adjust accordingly. Let's all do that now. Here is how you can best adjust to the reality that COVID is not going away, and that according to Pfizer, the vaccine is eventually going to be worthless. Get outside more. Get in shape if you aren't already in shape. Reduce your stress as much as possible. Find your purpose in life. Make connections with people who share your values and your hopes and your dreams and build things with them. Live your life. We have to return to our life. And here's the sixth one. You are going to have to choose whether you think compliance with this is going to lead to them one day respecting our rights again and leaving us alone, or at least returning back to normal? Or if you think that compliance is going to lead to more orders and more infringement and more draconian measures that don't work? I know what I think. And I know that everybody out there, everybody watching this, everybody hearing this, anybody that's even not watching this and hearing this, everybody's tired of COVID. We are exhausted by it. That's why you see so much hate and vitriol all over the internet about it. Of you just need to get vaxxed, or why would you ever want to get vaxxed? You, you know, like, and you're seeing all that. We're tired of it. Yeah. Now, I want you to think about any other vaccine. Any other vaccine. One, people aren't out there really talking about if they're vaccinated or not for you know polio. It's not really mandated in workplaces. This vaccine is, and while we are all getting tired of it and we're all fighting about it on the internet and raging about it, no matter which side you're on, the politicians are still living their lives normally. They're still doing everything that they would be doing before this happened. And they are just putting sanctions and impositions on you and your life and your family. They do not care that your life is being burdened by this because theirs isn't. Look at Barack Obama's party. Look at the fact that the DJ had to apologize for publishing that video. Uh, look at the fact that, uh, 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 God, who was it? I think it was Tyra Banks apologized for posting a photo. I don't remember. Um, of, of people. Now, notice what they're doing. They're apologizing for posting the evidence. They're not saying they're sorry that they're living their lives, living their best lives, the lap of luxury lives while the rest of us are sitting here locked down and awaiting our next order and awaiting the, you know, how many booster shots we have to get of the thing that we're being told is soon not going to even be effective at all. We're not doing anything. They're not apologizing for that. They're apologizing that they slipped and showed evidence that they don't give a damn about any of this stuff. They're just signaling to you that you're a bad person and you don't. Yep, and that needs to end. Disobey all of it. Well, I'm gonna rephrase that. I'm choosing to disobey all of it. I would never order or encourage anyone to break the law. I am choosing to disobey all of this. Not just the orders, but the the social pressure, the shaming, the the you're a bad person if you don't do this. No, everything you're saying is bullshit, and I can 
prove it with science. Yep. I can prove it with their own data. It's all garbage, and it is a personal choice. By the way, I think that for many people, at least for now, getting vaccinated is the right choice. If you are, especially if you're older, if you are obese, if you are someone who is in that higher percentile of getting more sick and of dying from COVID, I think it's a good choice. And frankly, even if I looked at your personal situation and didn't think, and, and personally didn't think it was a good choice for you, if you think it's a good choice for you, you should do it. We are not against people doing this. I am against people being shamed for not doing it. And for that matter, I'm, I'm against people being shamed for doing it. It's, it's a personal health story. But I'm also, for the same reason, I'm not in favor of shaming people uh, for being obese, even though it is every bit as likely to cause you to die of COVID as not being a vaccine, actually exponentially more likely to cause you to not die. And even though being obese, just like being unvaccinated, does not make you any more or less likely to spread COVID. The reason, when, people keep comparing this to like the polio vaccine. Do you know why there was no need for all the, the social pressure campaigns and the mandates and everything else polio vaccine came out because polio had a nearly 100% fatality rate and it had a 100% disability rate. It was eventually going to kill you. And for however long you were here, it was going to like make your life absolutely miserable. It's going to take away your, I mean, there's still people that are suffering from uh, polio that got it when they were little children. They're now old and they've been in an iron lung for decades. Polio is not COVID. You know, the other reason why they didn't have to push it too hard, the polio vaccine actually Stop the spread of, co- of of polio. It actually had like a ninety something percent rate of stopping the uh, not just the, the getting symptoms of polio, but actually getting polio and spreading it to others. If it was an actual, by the CDC's own definition, a vaccine. There is something interesting about the fact that the CDC is changing their own definition. The things that they said they were worried about two years ago leaky vaccine, suddenly they're not worried about that. Right. Their definition of a vaccine, which is something that doesn't just reduce your symptoms, but also eliminates or greatly reduces the risk of the spread and and, 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 uh, and contraction of an illness, that's no longer the case. Um, and now you're a bad person if you're still using the same definition that they use. So, so. Oh, and also they're going to FDA approval to it, even though it hasn't met their standards. Right. So Savannah Godden, I'm sorry if I said your name wrong, Savannah, she has a good question. Uh, How is it a good choice for higher risk people at all when it is shown that people who were vaccinated and then people who are vaccinated then get it anyway? Their symptoms are worse than most of who were infected and not vaccinated. Yeah. So this is this is a data thing, Savannah, and and I'm glad you brought this up. The CDC isn't tracking breakthrough cases anymore for people that have gotten vaccinated and get COVID. They just say whether the person has COVID or not. They don't say whether it's a breakthrough case. The only breakthrough cases that they are documenting of the vaccinated are the ones who end up hospitalized. Whereas if you're unvaccinated and you get it, they're still marking that as unvaccinated and got COVID. Even if you literally just get COVID and go, oh, okay, and you go home for a couple of weeks and you you know, have some sniffles or a fever and you feel fine, you don't have to be hospitalized. Right. So because of that, the data is skewed. So you are statistically less likely to die because they're also including a bunch of people who are unvaccinated, who are at home, who, who got COVID and, and were fine. And as we know, the vast, vast majority of people who get COVID stay home. By the way, did you know that uh, during the spread of the Delta variant, 
said the fatality rate's gone down. Anyway, the uh, uh, they, don't, they haven't mentioned that. They keep talking about all these people that are dying. What I'm not mentioning is that now the uh, fatality rate is really settling at, at around one and a half percent, and it appears to be dropping below it. Uh, so we are looking at what often happens with viruses as they mutate. They also become less deadly because they don't actually want to kill the host. They just want to spread, and they want them to have just enough symptoms for them to spread it more easily. That's why the cold is so prolific because these rhinoviruses and coronaviruses coronaviruses, that's many colds are coronaviruses, that once started as very, very, very deadly diseases in humankind. Yep. And now they spread very easily. We get the sniffles, we cough and sneeze, and it goes all over the place. But we feel fine. We're still out walking around. We go, oh, I just got a cold. I'm just, I mean, it might be allergies or whatever. Whereas people that are vaccinated, they're only counting the cases who end up in the hospital. So, and, and if they've already made it to the hospital, even though the majority of people who are hospitalized survive obviously the number of people who are hospitalized that survive are going to be lower than just the general population who get COVID that survive every every bit of data of hospitalized people who are vaccinated and hospitalized people who are unvaccinated every bit of data i've seen demonstrates that those who are vaccinated are far less likely at least for now to get the more serious symptoms end up on a ventilator to end up eating oxygen to end up dying. Um, and so that's really the only data that we have to go with. Um, it's also telling that the FDA and the CDC are no longer tracking breakthrough They're just only tracking the unvaccinated ones, um, which goes to show they don't, they don't want to say that what, what is obvious until they absolutely have to, which is that, especially with this new variant, which is much more apparently uh, you have a thousand times as much, uh, someone with the Delta variant has up to a thousand times as much more viral which means it's not a shot in hell that uh, if, if, the, if all the vaccine is doing is reducing your viral load by X percent, if the overall viral load is a thousand times more than it was with the old one, it's not doing anything to slow this stop the spread. That's why you have countries with 80 and 90 percent vaccination rates where still they're seeing some of the highest numbers they've ever had. Right. And yes, they're seeing much more hospitalization and death rates, which is good. But they're also seeing it the, the spread spiral out of control because there's hey, and now you're dealing with people who aren't scared of it because oh, I'm not, and well, I didn't even feel that bad. Turns out the vaccine works. Well, that's great, but you're still spreading. So that that's why again, perfect example of how data can be skewed if you don't take the deeper dive. There are a ton of questions, but we have to move on, unfortunately. Um, so. That was the not so rapid fire segment brought to you by Mudwater. <laughs> if you want to make the switch from coffee to Mudwater, go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud. It's not bad if you add honey. Um, That's yeah, it kind of tastes like a hobo's foot if you don't. Uh, but if you add honey, it's not terrible. So that it tastes like a hobo's foot with honey. Just a hobo's foot. Yeah, just a hobo's foot with honey. Yeah. So that brings us to, oops, forgot to do one. Forgot to change one. We're just going to cover one smiling face with another. The personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Now, for transparency, I cannot promise that this segment will happen uh, because either (laughs) if there's a chance that you guys can hear it and we can't, or you're going to hear double. Or nobody will hear it. We don't really know what's going to happen here. I tested everything yesterday. It all worked. 
and then today it stopped. So we are going to give this a shot. Um, so let's hope to God that this works. Um, and here is our first call from, can you rewind these? Oh no, oh no. Well, here's our first call from the Midwest guy. Okay, so we all know that the government in America changes over time, right? We elect different people into power, and they come into power and yeah. out of power Can you hear it? and whatnot. So my big question is, are we responsible then for fixing the mistakes of the previous governments? Why or why not? As libertarians, you know, we, we would obviously never go to Afghanistan. But if we took office right now, are we responsible for correcting, you know, that wrong that, uh, that they've done there? And uh, so more specifically, like, do we owe it to the people of that, of the people there seeking refugee uh, to use the government power to help them find it, or like you know, like in the U.S. or in Guam or, or wherever else, wherever else, wherever else, or, else, or, or exempt from the responsibility, then should we just leave them there to find their own solution? And then how can we best use the non-aggression principle yeah. to decide what to do here? And of course, the, you know, the big question is like, are we responsible for righting the wrongs of the past governments, and and why? So yeah, I'm glad I got through that so fast. Thanks for uh, <laughs> answering. You didn't hear that at all, did you? Okay, so that was Midwest guy, and uh, he was saying that as libertarians, if we were going to get into office, if we suddenly took over and we had control of uh, the executive and the uh, legislative branches, would we be responsible for righting the wrongs of the people that came before us, like in Afghanistan? Like, how much of that would be our fault when we pulled troops? Uh we would be responsible for ending the harm that's happening. And we would be cognizant and recognizing of the fact that when that Band-Aid gets pulled off, a lot of bad things are going to happen. And that that was always baked into the case, but it's still better than continuing it on and on and on. So uh, I'm trying to come up with like an analogy. So if I were to, it, it, you know, just think of if you were, you know, put in charge of taking over on some terrible thing that you have to do this thing. Uh, and when you do this thing, you know, some uh, terrible other things are going to happen as a result of it, but there's nothing you can do about it, uh, then you're not... So this is almost kind of like a trolley problem, right? Like, you know... Right. You've been... You you woke up and you are, you know, you're being held at gunpoint and uh, there's a... a, a, a or you're not even being held at gunpoint. You wake up and you're in front of a, a train track uh, and there's a, a, a train coming down the track and you can pull a switch and decide which track, if it's the track split, and you decide which track it goes to. It's already set where it's going to run over 10 people that have been tied to the track. And if you pull the lever, it'll switch to where only five people uh, get run over by the track. Um, or, you know, it's five babies versus five, uh, you know, at very old adults right. or whatever. whatever. Like, we're, we're, you know, but, let, but let's just say the easy one, you know, 10 10 people versus five. And if you don't do anything, then it's going to kill 10 people. And if you do pull it, it's only going to kill five people, but it's going to kill five people who wouldn't have died if you hadn't had pulled it. And now you're responsible for the deaths of those five people. No. The people who tied them to the track are responsible for it. You are just in that moment trying to figure out how to reduce the harm as much as possible. Right. And there's you're, no one. You're not to blame for that. You didn't create those conditions. You only dealt with what was put in front of 
same thing is true with this, right? If if you know if libertarians magically took over and we just start dismantling all these things, and unfortunately, uh, 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 consequences happen as a result of that, then um, that's the reality of life, and it's unfortunate. And we can look to it to say this is why we should have never done it to begin with, and why moving forward our uh, policies need to be reflective of the consequences of our actions, and, and uh, you know making sure that we're not that out in the future um it, but it, would we be responsible from like an ethical and moral standpoint uh i guess it depends on who you ask i certainly would say no it sounds like a trolley problem i would agree <laughs> i mean really i mean do, yeah sure um Man, I just realized that this next segment that we're going to have to do. So, uh, Jimmy, we're not going to play yours because Spike can't hear it. So we are going to hold on to that till next week. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, I had it all working yesterday, but whatever. Um, so I'm going to have to work on that more this week. Uh, but until then, this has been the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, <laughs> attorney at law, anchor call in moment. Now. This is going to be a difficult segment to get through. I'm not going to lie. Um, last week, we auctioned off the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus Tumblr from the people that defied the power. The woman who won the auction when I was speaking with her the next day, uh, she stated that she didn't want the Tumblr. We were going to do an auction today, but I decided that uh, we were going to do Eli's fundraiser instead today. Uh, that's more important. We need to be able to help out Eli and uh, her her son during this time. And so, again, if anybody, if anybody, if you find it in your heart to give, give, scan this on your Cash App or scan this on your phone. It'll open up in Cash App and um, you can donate and it can help her where she can miss some days at work and she can spend the time with her son in the hospital and pay off some medical bills and stuff like that. Um, if you find it in your heart, please do please give. Um, so we didn't do the Tumblr auction today. Uh, next week, I believe we're going to be auctioning it off. Correct. Yeah, we'll do it okay. next week. We'll do it next week. Uh, I actually have the Tumblr, so I'll be able to show them to people. I got them from uh, John and Susan at Defy the Power. They were in Ohio, right. and so I, I am in of the Tumblr. Cool. Um, but the reason that the woman was bidding on the Tumblr is because her son was a fan of Spikes. He was a libertarian. He liked the show. Um, and unfortunately, he was murdered last summer during a BLM protest in Austin, Texas. And we actually covered this story when it happened. Yeah. Um, Garrett right. Garrett Foster. Um, so, nope, not him. Garrett Foster was open carrying at a protest in Austin, Texas on G July 25th of last year. Many of you probably remember this happening. Um, many of you probably remember this happening. It was a big deal, especially in the Libertarian Party. And we're going to get into a little bit deeper on why that was and what is going on with that right now. Now, this man, 
Daniel Perry was dropping off an Uber or Lyft customer in, in the area of the protest and was turning right onto a major road where many of the protesters were. You've probably seen the video. He honked his horn and then drove into the crowd of people that some people say was immediately surrounded by protesters. Others could say that he drove into them. He drove into, he them. Drove into them. He drove into these people. Perry honked his horn, drove into the crowd, one of whom was Garrett Foster. In the videos of this incident, which we won't show because we don't want to get demonetized. Yep. You can find them on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube uh, if you want to see it. If, if, if you want to see it, you can find it on YouTube, but um, we're not going to show it because we don't want to get demonetized. Um, but you can see Garrett walking up to the car with his AK in the low ready position. For anybody who doesn't know, pointed down, finger not on the trigger, not up. Not pointed up. Was not pointed up even a little bit. Perry fired five shots, killing Garrett, claiming that Garrett pointed the weapon at him. Uh, everything that I have just said is 100% fact. You can see on the video, all of this is what happened. Yep. Donald Trump got a hold of this story and retweeted a lie that Garrett shot at the driver. Because there were three shots that happened somewhere else. And uh, Sean King said that Perry sh fired eight shots, uh, which wasn't true. He only fired five. Um, but three shots happened off screen. But you could see that it wasn't Garrett that fired because finger not on the trigger in the low ready position did not fire. Yep. And, and since and after the fact, uh, um, the forensic team uh, verified that he did not know there were no expelled rounds from his rifle so he did not fire any shots uh perry uh, daniel perry fired the shots and then i, I believe it's, it's confirmed that a yeah, a third bystander um get a third person fired shots after daniel perry fired his shots yeah and so this is where everything got messed up for garrett and his family I'm trying to figure out how to do this without the video. Did you watch the video I sent you of uh, Chris Cuomo? Uh, I did not watch the Chris Cuomo video. Yet. Okay. Okay. So we're going to have to hopefully, hopefully this works where I can do what I kind of had planned. Um, anyway, and I can just fill you in on what's happening. So, the cops didn't like Garrett because he was open about his distrust and dislike of the police and was actively protesting them. And he wasn't really nice about it, but first amendment, you don't have to be nice to the police. So So here is Chris Cuomo. Uh, Interviewing the police associ uh, the president of the Austin Police Association president. Maybe. Maybe not. 
Okay, that's real neat right there. Yeah, that's where that is. However, at the same time that the investigation is ongoing, the, the head of the police union, union there, there tweeted this, tweeted out, this out, saying, saying quote, quote, Foster, Foster was, was looking, looking for, confrontation, for confrontation, and he, and he found, it. found it. So the president of the police association said he was looking for confrontation, and he found it. This is supposed to be a non-biased person while investigating a murder. He's saying... He's looking for confrontation, and he found it. Right now, does not sound like somebody who is unbiased. That man, that is, man is Kenneth, Kenneth Cassidy, Cassidy, president, president of, the of the Austin Police, Police Association. Association. Why have you Why become, have you the, become proxy the proxy for the man, for who, the man shot who shot this protest? You know, we've you know, been, been uh, uh, battling, battling back with our city council, city council to, to stop, to stop allowing, allowing uh, these, uh, protests, these protests, and it makes and it, it very, very difficult, difficult uh, for us uh, to for keep, us up, to keep with, up with the proper security that these folks, folks need when they're, when they're, when they're, when they're expressing, expressing their, 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 first, their first Amendment, Amendment rights. rights. Same, same. So he just said, it's hard to keep up with the amount of security that we need while these folks are expressing their First Amendment rights. Later, he's going to say they were peacefully protesting. Why did you need the extra security? Gentlemen, gentlemen has been showing up showing AK-47 protesting in front of the manager's, manager's house. house. So, so it's, it's, it, was it was a problem. Uh, he has, uh, he the, has right the to cover the carry the long arm. And he, Absolutely. Can, he can carry it wherever he wants. Oh, good. We got double audio, so now I can't hear it. Okay. I'm really going to have to work on this because I really thought I had it all fixed. Okay, so basically this is what's going to happen in this video. He's saying that he's looking for a confrontation and he found it, which doesn't seem to be an unbiased opinion. Uh, he said, he also said, luckily I wrote down a lot of these. Uh, Garrett said the police wouldn't do anything about him carrying because they are all a bunch of pussies. That is what he is saying, Garrett's quote is. Chris Cuomo, and I... I hate siding with this guy but chris cuomo said in the clip we played i heard him say they won't let us exercise our first amendment right so i have to exercise the rights i can i have a second amendment right so i'm going to exercise that and he said and nowhere in there does it sound like he said anything about people who are uh calling you people who are afraid to do anything and he he dumbed it down um Cassidy said that he was using the gun to uh, intimidate the city planner by going out in front of the city planner's house with the gun on him. That was it. Not pointing the gun, just having the gun on him. To which Chris Cuomo said, in Texas, he's allowed to do that. He has the right to carry. So, you coming from Texas, that shouldn't be an issue. And he said, well, no, but he was using it to intimidate people. Uh, and Chris Cuomo was fighting back on this, which I'm not a Chris Cuomo fan, but good on you. Good on you. I know everyone, everyone can be right. And he's hundred percent right. Who, first of all, why is a police officer disparaging and trying to, why is a police officer submitting evidence into the public? 
that has absolutely nothing to do with the case and which could potentially affect the outcome of a trial in favor of the defendant. There, he's literally submitting, oh, well, he was intimidating a city planner. planner. Daniel Perry didn't know about any of that. What on earth does that None of that do? has to do with anything. What on earth does any of that have to do? You have someone who is victim blamed and who is saying that the mere presence of someone carrying a gun is an act of intimidation. Pretty ironic for a police officer to claim that. In, right? in Texas. These are people that stay long. Yes. In Texas, where open carry is allowed. But a police officer who literally walks around open carrying all day long. Right. So... Uh, uh, Kenneth Cassidy uh, said that a lot of the witnesses said Garrett pointed his weapon at Perry. To which Cuomo, rightfully, said most of the witnesses have said Garrett did not point his weapon at Perry. And, and the guy just kept going back to, uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Cassidy kept going back to, well, he called us pussies. He Good. 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 You're kind of good. You, you're proving it. You are like one. You're acting like a gigantic pussy in front of everyone. Right. That's yeah. And, on, and that's on CNN. So that's real bad. Um, yeah. When you look like the pussy and you're talking to Chris Cuomo, then yeah, no, Garrett was right. Not only did Garrett have every right to say that about whomever he wanted, but turns out he was right. Too. Right. Absolutely. So because the internet is a terrible place because the internet is a terrible place. His family and fiance started getting messages from strangers. Um, and I've seen these messages. Uh, Garrett's mom sent them, uh, sent them to me. I didn't put them into graphics because I don't want anybody going after the people who sent them. Um, I really like, I don't, I, I don't want them to have to suffer the same fate, but, uh, she got a message from somebody that said, your son deserves to die deserved to die um his sister said got one that said your brother was a coward who tried to intimidate people with his gun and got his stupid chair force ass smoked that one went on um this is a grieving this is a grieving family that people are sending this to and donald trump sent out a bunch of garbage and didn't even know what he was talking about that's what that's what caused all that. Donald Trump put out that he had shot at them. And so and because these people, you know, Donald Trump, everything he says is the gospel, even if there's evidence that what he's saying is a lie as he's saying it, uh, they simply cannot be convinced otherwise. Right. This person was shooting people and intimidating people and needed to be put down. Oh, and he was helping Black Lives Matter protesters. Oh, well, then he's the scum of the earth. He needs to die just for supporting BLM. Right. And we're actually going to get into that in a little bit. Um, the people who were mourning Garrett at his vigil, at the vigil that they had for him in Austin, people were there mourning. They they saw it destroyed by people. And then the police came in and arrested mourners. Now, and his mom is in the comments right now, and she just said, uh, you have no idea the hell my family has been put through, and I understand that. And I, I, I am... 
you shouldn't have to be going through this. You absolutely should not be going through this. Um, So on top of the cops not liking Garrett because of his protesting, white people as a as a whole, uh, didn't support him because he was at, at a BLM protest. Black people didn't support him because he was white, even though he was at a BLM protest and has a black fiance. And because he was open carrying. And I, I saw a lot of that people saying, Oh, well maybe his heart was in the right place, but why did he bring a gun that invites this kind of stuff? No, getting shot at invites this kind of stuff. Democrats didn't support him because he was open carrying. And Republicans didn't support Republicans. Republicans didn't support yeah. him because he was protesting, because he was at the BLM protest. Legitimate. And neither one of them, because he was a a vocal libertarian. Also a valid point. Um, it was the perfect storm for hatred on the Foster family and for Garrett, in a time period in which he should have been mourned by the entire libertarian party and by all of his friends and all of his family, there was this perfect storm brewing, perfect storm brewing of pure hatred. And so much of it got focused on his mom and his sister and his fiance. And it is abysmal that we are at this point in society Um, Perry, Daniel Perry was indicted for murder last month, which is good. Good. And while that might seem like a win, the Austin police association are actually on Perry's side and they're attempting to discredit Jose Garza, the district attorney because of a job posting he created looking for um, a lead on a civil rights union unit, which would specifically investigate incidents involving law enforcement officials. Good. But of course the police association's pissed off at him. So they're trying to kick him out and they're trying to discredit him and they're using Garrett's trial as that platform. In a video, which I can't show you because our audio isn't working, um, he said that if a police officer was accused of murder, aggravated assault, and homicide, uh, they would be punished. To which he went on to say, of which seven have been found guilty of. He's going after police that are breaking the law. The cops are mad and they're using Garrett Foster's murder trial as that springboard. These are the lines that are being drawn, by the way. The, 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 uh, the lines we've been using are, are fading away. The new lines are going to be very simple. Do you support people massacring folks en masse because they, or just killing people? because and violating their rights and hurting them because they don't want a draconian super state and its enforcers to be able to treat them like dolls and playthings. Um, or do you support that or are you against that? 
And if you are, uh, and the interesting thing is, uh, this is the thing I need my liberty-loving friends to be prepared for. The Blue Lives Matter crowd and the gun control and lockdown crowd are about to become one big crowd. And I know you're not used to that, and I know you're used to, you know, them being hypocrites who, you know, the, you know, you'll have the people that are, you know, in favor of holding police accountable, but yet they want all these laws and enforcement. And then you have people that, you know, are against all these new laws and enforcement, but they are fine with the people whose job it is to enforce them. Very soon, that's all going to go away. They're fine with the laws. They're fine with the enforcement. They're fine with the infringements. And they're fine with whatever it takes to be done to impose upon you. And you don't have any allies. The reason that reality is coming, I don't think it's coming tomorrow, I don't think it's coming next week or next month, but it has to come. Because the only way, remember I was talking about earlier that if one, five, ten percent of the population just refuses to comply, the only way that that state, that that monopoly of violence has the ability to keep enforcing it against you is if 90% of the public supports them being as brutal as they can be in their enforcement of their, their orders against you. And when I say as brutal as they can be, yes, I mean all the things you're thinking right now. Yeah. And again, if you don't think it's coming, I submit to you all of human history. It's coming. And this is why it is time for us to make allies. It is time for us to put them on the defensive. It is time for us to push for them to be held accountable now before we get to this. It is time for us to be pushing against any new orders. And uh, uh, it is, I, I am choosing to comply. To, to, I'm choosing not to comply with the existing ones. And you have to make a choice for yourself whether you think your compliance uh, will, uh, will uh, help end these things or whether a lack of compliance will help end these things. Um, we have to fight on all fronts. Because if we don't, then it's going to get much, 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 much worse. And we're just seeing that. So because of Texas's stand your ground law, it's tough to say. I could not predict how this trial is going to go. It's going to be hard. It's, it, it, it's going to be hard. But what we can say is that Garrett's family and Garrett they don't deserve the hate that they are getting. And I'm not leaving libertarians out of this because many libertarians have also been spewing this. This was an opportunity. This was a huge opportunity for libertarians to say he was peacefully protesting, expressing his First Amendment right and his Second Amendment right. And I may not have agreed with what he was saying, but that shouldn't have happened. But that should not have happened. And instead, what many of you did, you didn't give a shit about what he was, you, you didn't give a shit about what happened because of what he was saying. And because you disagreed with the BLM riots or the BLM protests, because I don't think Austin ever made it, I don't think Austin ever rioted. I think they just protested. Protest. Because you disagreed with the protest, because you disagreed with that, you put your hate on Garrett and his mom and his sister and his fiance, and you are just as culpable as the police, 
as the Democrats, as the white people who hated him because he was protesting with BLM, for the black people who hated him because he was a white guy carrying a gun at BLM, as the Republicans who were mad that he was there protesting, you are just as culpable as anybody else in this situation. Garrett's mom does, did not deserve this, does not deserve this. She should be having, she should be able to have dinner with her son tonight. But she can't, and that does not give you free license, anybody free license, to message her and say things, terrible things, like I already read, and since she's there, I'm not going to repeat them. Um, And when you, when anyone does this, when you find reasons to defend what we call the omnipotent state, or the cult of the omnipotent state, you are helping to build the gallows that they're going to use on you. And if you don't see that, I don't know what to tell you. Um, The centralization of power relies on useful idiots. So don't be one. So yeah, um, yeah. To, to the entire Foster family, our condolences, everybody, we will update you with more. Um, there's some news that we're going to have in the future. We can't talk about it now because of current uh, trials and stuff that are going on. And we don't want to do anything to yep. jeopardize that. So we aren't going to say anything, but keep on the lookout. Um, I am in touch with Garrett's mom and uh, we we're, we're talking about some stuff and we will be doing something later together uh, to help out the family. Um, but Keep keep out keep on the uh, lookout for that. Uh, keep on the lookout for that in the future because it's coming, and um, you know we're going to do everything we can to help out any way that we can. Yep, absolutely, we're going to continue to be here to help in any way that we can. And um, the uh, uh, yeah, there's nothing we can really say right now, but we will be working uh, with uh, Garrett's family and uh, and and helping them get the help that they need. Um, but uh, in the meantime, uh, we are going to continue to expose the reality of what we are facing. Um, I actually, uh, this um, episode has inspired me. Um, I'm going to talk about um, the parallel between the reality, the tough reality I had to face about MS and the changes I had to make in my life and the tough reality that many of you have yet to face about COVID and the realities that you're going to, the changes you're going to have to make in your life once you come to that realization about it. Um, and, uh, you know, Garrett was, um, I, I never actually had the opportunity to speak with Garrett, unfortunately. So um, real quick, real, Garrett, uh, real quick, um, his mom commented a few minutes ago and said that Garrett was literally the best person I've ever known. And you can ask any of his friends who he kept from second grade until the day he died. And I've seen other comments coming in talking about how great Garrett was and how Garrett was, I think somebody said he was a real one and somebody else called him a king and somebody else called him the MVP. And many of these people know him, have met him, have hung out with him. Yep. I'd never met Garrett. I wish I had. Me too. 
I, 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 it was, it is unfortunate. Um, and almost assuredly, I would have gotten to meet him if this hadn't happened. I, I was going to, I was in Texas uh, about two months later, and uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure that, that I would have gotten to meet him. And that is just incredibly unfortunate. And uh, it's, you know, as, as sad as I am, and as sad as Matt is, that we didn't get to meet him. Um, we can't imagine the pain of those who did know him right. and who did love him and who did have him in their lives, his wife, his fiance, his, his mother, his family, um, his loved ones who don't have Garrett in their life anymore. Um, Garrett, uh, we will continue to fight for what you fought for, which was for liberation and freedom for everyone against anyone that would try to infringe upon them or hurt them or violate their life, their lives, their rights, and their property. Um, that is the, um, that is the uh, torch that we all carry on and that all of you, I hope, who are, who are listening to this and watching this uh, will carry on as well. Um, Garrett's death does not have to be in vain. If, if, if there is anything that we can get from this, let us remember that this is what happens when those who are in positions of power and authority over us are out of control. And it needs to end. And again, if you were one of the people who were saying these things about Garrett and who now know that that was wrong, that's great. What I also want you to know is that moving forward, anytime that you are being told by the corporate press and authoritarian talking heads that someone is bad, at the very least, be skeptical. Do not be a useful idiot for the ever-growing state. Right. Because it's easy. It's tempting. They divide you. They make you hate each other. They tell you that this person is your enemy. Malcolm X said that if you keep listening to the press and the government, one day you'll find yourself loving your oppressors and hating the people that are trying to liberate you. Garrett was trying to liberate everyone, and we should remember him as that. Yes. So, uh, and and with that, uh, we uh, we I pre we appreciate you uh, watching this show. And uh, tomorrow, uh, since we're talking about police reform, tomorrow on my fellow Americans, uh, my guest will be Mike Sermont. He is uh, running for Congress, uh, representing a district in Florida. Uh, in Southern Florida. And uh, Mike Tremont is an active duty police officer who is running on a platform of reforming the police, specifically holding bad officers accountable and also either eliminating or greatly reforming police unions, which is where a lot of this nonsense comes from. A lot of the protection uh, of this nonsense comes from that. And so we're going to be talking about that. He's also an economist, a trained economist. We're going to be talking about his thoughts on the economy and probably a whole lot of things. I think we're going to have a very cool conversation tomorrow. Um, but we are going to be talking about how an officer, someone who he sees his role as protecting your lives, your life, your rights, and your property, how an officer uh, sees the need for police reform and what his plans are for that. Um, and so I invite you to join me tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, on My Fellow Americans. And then uh, on Thursday is uh, the writer's Yep, on Thursday at 8 o'clock Eastern is the writer's block, and I have Don Johnson on. Not going any further with that. 
Don Johnson. Don jo- what a big get. What a big get. Don Johnson. Um, find out if it's that Don Johnson or a different Don Johnson. And this Friday, there is no Cajun and Eskimo. Oh, okay. There is okay, no, so Cajun. no Cajun. Yeah, uh, Cajun has an event, I believe, in Jersey or Pennsylvania or something this weekend. Um, so oh, okay. he will not be on on Friday. They said they might make it up later in the weekend. Not 100% sure yet. We will find out together. Um, and then on Monday, tune in at 8 o'clock for Mr. America, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth with Jason Lyon. I threw the A in for some reason. Mr. America. Um uh, but uh, tune in 8 o'clock on Monday for Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, um, where Jason Lyon is going to do a deep dive on one issue. Uh, if you have not checked out that show yet, check it out. It is fantastic. It is so good. It is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then join us right back here next week, yep. uh, Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for the Muddy Waters of Freedom. We will be parsing through all the, the week's news. And we will also be auctioning off the uh, um, the uh, the mugs uh, the, or the tumblers, yep. the uh, the Libertarian Party Waffle House tumblers. And uh, we uh, look forward to seeing you then. And uh, thank you all again for tuning in. And uh, we love you. Thank you for being a part of this. Uh, thank you for being the people who allow this to continue and to grow. And uh, we love you. Thank you for being a part of this. We will see you uh, tomorrow on my show. And where we're going... We don't need roads.